If you're an adventurer, there's one place that you absolutely have to shop. There is, because there's this place called Mototomic, and they have the gas can hoodie, which when you put it on, it feels like a hug. And if you're a true adventure rider, you know that some days don't go as planned and you need a hug. But not only the gas can hoodie, Mototomic has other things too. Like what, Cappy? Like beanies, cups, stickers, t-shirts, and probably my favorite dry bag. That orange dry bag is badass. It is. Mototomic.com. Link in the description. So, Chappie, I got a confession to make. Confess to me. I've been talking to our buddy from B-Moto, Paco Pete. You know B-Moto, that shop that does really cool stuff like... Off-road performance engines and suspensions. They even can Cerakote with ceramic finishes. So the outside is just as strong as the inside. Which is awesome and brings me to my confession, Cody Proof Certification. Because Paco Pete told me they're going to take care of my engine and Cody Proof it. That's something that not too many places can say. No, definitely not. I would just suggest go over to bmoto.com and check it out. They've got some pictures of what they do. Bootiche.com. Link in the description of the podcast. Yes, because it's hard to spell, but they do good work. You're listening to the Throttled Adventures Podcast. And now, your hosts, Cody and Chappie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Throttled Adventures. Cody, how are you today? I'm fantastic. We've got a guest, a returning guest. And if you were a member of Discord, you already know who the guest is. Yeah, but if you weren't, (laughs) now you'll find out. So members of Discord were able to ask questions for, you know, the guest that's coming on. But, so who um, is our guest, Chappie? Introduce our guest. Our guest is a gentleman from the Mid-South, I would say, uh, East Coast. He's an adventure rider. He just completed the Mabder yes. in four days in the extreme heat that was in the South <laughs> that week. I got to tell you, I nearly died in North Carolina. It was so hot. Well, we offered him a tribute. Yes, I don't I don't know how he completed it on a bike. It was it was raw down there. But I can't um, wait, I can't wait to hear this story. I'm sure that there's a yes a few twists so, and turns. And it was only like two weeks ago, so he's everything's fresh in his mind. Um so striker ADV. He's got a blog on the web. It's strikeradv.com, correct? Yes, that's correct. He's got an Instagram which is also striker ADV. He had tons of awesome photos. I was insanely jealous uh, sitting there with my wife in the hotel room, seeing all his pictures and little videos, except the, the wet bridge crossing. Yeah, that was interesting to say the least. (laughs) I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get a a lot of info on that. So how are you doing Dana? Yeah. Have you been, Uh, uh, it's been a little while. Not too bad. I'm finally not sore anymore. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. That trip took a lot out of me. <laughs> and I, I haven't bet. touched my bike since then. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't know that feeling. But you, at least you got it done, man. Yeah. It was It was very... It was one of those situations where everything aligned all at once. It was either you go or you don't. And I was like, I'm gone. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations, first of all. Thanks. Yes, congratulations. That was uh that, that was pretty nasty. I mean, with all that heat, um, to be going slower, you know, you know the off-road stuff. Surprisingly, it wasn't that hot up until we got into Pennsylvania. Really? Um, yeah, we didn't really That's surprising. I mean, it was warm, but it wasn't that bad until we hit sections six. It was where we really noticed the heat. So probably like our third day, like probably my third or fourth day. That's good. When you're the most tired. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and that fourth day, or actually that I think that was my third day. My third day was definitely the most interesting by far. That's when a lot of things kind of that's that's adventure when we had happens. to kind of plan. Oh, you know, adventure happened all right. <laughs> all right. Yes, adventure happened in uh recording this episode. We yes. all uh jumped into our, our normal recording software and uh we had some technical difficulties, so we uh went to the backup. That's it why happens. you have backup plans. Yes. All righty. So you took uh quite a ride to get to the beginning of the well, Abder. Well, before we get into that, let's start with how I ended up going on this trip. So, because that, that's almost an adventure in itself. So, I remember hearing you two, you guys were talking about you're going to do your Mabder trip. And roughly the same time, my supervisor, uh, she was like, look, you have 180 hours of paid time off that you're going to lose on September 1st. So you either take it or you lose it. And at that point, I'm like, I'm going on a trip. Yeah. Uh, Then I had to, you know, deal with my wife. And that was, you know, that that was touch and go at times. But uh, tough tough negotiations there. Very tough. Uh, But we we got through it. And uh, so I kind of everything got aligned. And I was trying to figure out when you guys were going. And I know. Um. You guys had your issues on your side, and I know. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. Chappie and I were talking pretty much up until like what a week and a half or a week before, right? About trying to meet up or something, and then when you had to back out, I was like, at that point, I'm like, I'm already committed. I'm going no matter what. So, see, yeah, now that, that was that was my thought as well when when Cody had to back out. I mean, it was like, uh, I've got a truck rented. My brother's driving me down. If I back out, my brother's screwed. He doesn't have a way down to South Carolina. So it was like, uh, I have to go. I'm going to go it alone. And then I woke up and couldn't move my arm. And it's like, that's called a panic arm. attack. Yeah, it's my throttle <laughs> arm. <laughs> no, believe it or not, my elbow is still pretty messed up i got yeah, the the winds of challenge shortly surfaced for all of us <laughs> but uh we we had dana in tribute uh, i was with you in spirit buddy i was watching on instagram and i was cheering you on and i was a little jealous to be quite honest yeah i, I agree it was it, this was my third bdr uh, previously I did New Mexico and I've done Colorado twice. And I'll be honest, like this was the most, it wasn't 
it wasn't a challenge compared to the other two, but the challenge in this one was how how the terrain changed so quick, literally around the around the bend of the of the road. Like wow. you would get to some parts, and it's like, oh, nice leisurely gravel road. We're climbing a mountain in Pennsylvania now. It's like, oh, okay. So I kind of was the variations of road surfaces kind of threw me for a loop a lot of times and made it very challenging. That's wow. interesting. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of that on that route. So that's good to know. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people keep saying that it's not very difficult, and they were disappointed. And <sighs> it's it's nice to hear that you enjoyed yourself and you weren't disappointed. So, I mean, it has its own challenges, but the challenges are different than any other BDR that I've ridden. And I mean, I, I mean, one of the bigger challenges to me was the navigation aspect of it. Like I have a Garmin Zumo uh, 398 on my bike and I'm pretty proficient navigating by GPS. Um, and I'm also very proficient navigating by map. So if one goes down, the other's there. But right. there was even times with the GPS where I noticed the route, you had to stop and actually physically check to see what was going on especially in West Virginia in section three. Hmm. Is that were you under a lot of like tree cover or was there anything? So I did some research in on this. And so my GPS actually um, stopped working at one point on section three. Um, I did some research on this because I kind of got curious because normally a GPS does not fail or does not fail or um, fail to pick up a signal due to you know the atmosphere or anything like that it's a very i mean when i use my gps is over in afghanistan and iraq like they never it's failed and i was in mountains you know they're eight thousand feet or in you know dense forests so what i ended up finding is on section three the u.s navy during the cold war built a radio intelligence facility out in sugar grove which literally the route goes right next to it this okay. area in the United States, it's called like the, the National Quiet Zone, where it literally kills like 95% of radio frequencies and GPS frequencies in that area for like a 200 square mile area. Whoa. So the, the BDR kind of skirts it and goes through it at parts. So depending on what you have or what you're, you know, like what equipment you're using you can have some issues and I've talked to a couple people from the BDR side and they've said, yeah, we've known about this, but it hasn't, it's not that prevalent that it's, you know, Hey, we need to make, you know, bulletins and announcements to the, to the BDR page about it. But it was one of those things that I, I thought was very interesting. Definitely. Yeah. I rode by when I rode by it in sugar Grove, like you see this like giant satellite dish in this facility and you're like, huh, I wonder what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that was my first thought. I wasn't going to say it out loud though, because I thought it would just be a conspiracy theory. But now <laughs> I can show the wife this podcast and say, look, <laughs> there really is stuff like that. Yeah. Google the National Quiet Zone sometime in West Virginia, and your mind will get blown at like how big it is and like how what it goes into. Man. Well, I'm glad you found your way through it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit, you know, navigating in uh, Afghanistan. Um, 
you had mentioned to me at one point that that was uh, your part of your job in the military was a navigation specialist. Is that what you? So were? I was in reconnaissance, and basically, like we're in the army, like we were the masters of of navigation. Basically, we get put out in front of the main body of the force. So, like, we're usually 10 to 15 miles ahead of, you know, all the tanks and artillery and all that. And we're basically trying to find the bad guys. The problem is when we're doing this, you know, you're trying to do it quietly and you have to do it. Basically, you have to know where you are at all times. So we're very, we're very proficient at using map and compass as well as GPS. And for us, a lot of times, like, especially in like Iraq, like we would navigate on the move, moving at 35 to 45 miles an hour. So think about, you know, on a motorcycle, you're moving the same speed through the mountains of West Virginia or Pennsylvania. You're still trying to figure out like, all right, where am I? Am am I almost to that next checkpoint? Am Am I coming up to that terrain feature? So with a motorcycle, it's still a lot of similar similarities. Um, so that's kind of what makes it so easy for me when it comes to actually navigating on a long distance trip, like, you know, the Transamerica trail or a BDR. That, that is a, that's a challenge even still for me navigating, um, sometimes or all the time, but, um, and I've, I've used the phone and I've had the Montana and the phone's just a little small, but like you're saying, if you're doing 30, 40 miles an hour, <laughs> you know, you're off the off the trail just a little bit and yep. you're you're off quite a ways so yep. bdr would have been different but usually when i go for a ride on the bike i go to get lost and i don't my navigation is the sun <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm heading this way you know either away from the sun or you know it's on my right or you know heading north i just pick a direction and go usually when it's coming down means it's time to go home (laughs) yeah and you know usually i head in the general direction of home and i usually see something that's uh familiar and that's where i go i go i just (laughs) wait for the moon to come up and then i know it's time to set up camp (laughs) that's true (laughs) time for cody to howl yes we did uh i did get uh some howling at the moon in recently i bet we did a, a midnight ride with a full moon through some woods a couple okay, so about a week ago. It's cool. There was quite a bit of uh, adventure in getting set and ready to go on your trip. And then you're in uh, southern South Carolina. So you had quite a ride to get to the beginning of the, the Mabder because you had to go through South Carolina and North Carolina. So from Charleston to Damascus is 340 miles, give or take, um, all by back roads. I purposely do not like riding on the interstate. So, and we understand why. Yes. We yep. do. <laughs> Sometimes you get rear-ended. Um, but so, yeah, I, I mapped out a route, you know, it was all back roads for, it was like 340 miles. I think it said like nine hours. And I, left my house at eight o'clock in the morning and literally 10 minutes down the road, it torrential downpoured on me uh, for the next five hours. Whew. So at first I stopped uh, just North of Charleston at a small little diner, attempted to dry out. I had breakfast. 
I tried to wait it out. And when I saw it wasn't going to get any better, I was like, well, it's either now or never. So at that point I just kept riding and it finally cleared up. Once I got to the North Carolina border, uh, just West of Charlotte. And then from Charlotte to Damascus, it was all nice and sunny and like 85, 90 degrees. Nice. Beautiful. Way to push through. Yeah, it was definitely it was that that was not fun. And it's also becoming a trend in a lot of my adventures lately. Like when I go on my three and four day trips, I'm starting to notice the day we leave, we always hit a downpour. Oh. So I don't know if I'm bad luck or bringing rain or what, but yeah, that was uh that was not a fun one. Uh, it's uh the world's way of cleaning you off right before you start your adventure. Yeah, I mean my bike got washed, so yeah. yeah. It's the last time you smell good for three days, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what people don't take into account or I've noticed is so that day getting there, you start day one, you're already kind of a little bit weathered, right? No problem. Oh yeah, I guess, but it's a, did oh. you jump right on the, the BDR or did you like get to Damascus no. and spend the night? So just south of Damascus is an area called um I want to say it's called Bone Rock National Recreation Area. And cool name. It's kind of like a subunit of the Great Smoky Mountains. Um, there's a national forest area in there, and I don't remember the name of it. I think it's Cherokee. But there's this national recreation area, you know, for hunt, hunting, camping, fishing, and all that stuff. So there's a small campground there. It's like $10 a night. And I was, I purposely stayed there because I wanted to start the Mabder the next day when I was fresh. I had a full night of sleep and all that. So, I mean, I pulled into there probably at 5.30, maybe 6 at night, nice. uh, set up tent, set up camp and... I basically got everything ready to go from there. Nice. nice. Good night. And that was actually, I, and on my Instagram, I posted a picture just outside of that area. Uh, there's this huge rock arch. And basically like that. I pulled my bike off to the side and, you know, you know, took some pictures and all that. But uh, that campground is literally on the other side of that arch. There's hiking trails all throughout that area. And, uh, and it was a very beautiful area. Like that area alone was worth going to ride in. Sounds awesome. It's a good way to start. Right. Yeah. That down, it was Cody. beautiful. That's where, write that down. That's where we can stay. Is it called Chippewa? Do it. No, it's bone rock. <laughs> I'm a bonehead. I'll remember it. Don't worry. <laughs> so how did day one go? Um. So the trip up there wasn't bad. I mean, despite the rain and all that stuff, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I was able to set up camp fairly quickly. I mean, I, I've got everything down to a science now. So, you know, I get up there, set up camp, made, made something to eat real quick, kind of rested, got the bike ready, repacked some stuff, and then I was ready to go. I was already kind of in adventure mode at that point. Yeah, I see you posted the Blacktail Hotel 2. Yes. Great time. Courtesy of Moto Camp Nerd. Yes. Um, the two person is great for one person. It's still kind of big inside. Um, 
but that vestibule, I mean, there is just so much room in it. I, at night I left my boots, um, my little camp chair, my riding gear and all that stuff out in there. And there's still enough room that, you know, you could actually put someone out there to sleep if you needed to. That's pretty cool. That's good to know. So, me and if somebody's wife. got the gas, you can. Yeah. Send yeah. yeah. <laughs> somebody's got the gas. If, yeah. If they ate the tacos that we ate in Colorado, Tim and I set them oh. out there. So you like the tent? That was a, that was a win for you. No. That was a that was a huge win. I, this is the first time I've actually been able to use an extended extended period, so it was it was a huge win too. And to be in a bike pack, it you know yeah. folded up nice and neat, fit in a Wolfman bag, no problem. Nice. So you started day one, and any hiccups or pretty smooth, pretty easy going? Or? I mean, outside of the uh, the torrential downpour, nothing at all. I mean, it was just. At that point, I was just getting from point A to point B. We needed to, I needed to keep moving. And that was pretty much how I just looked at it. Mission accomplished. Yep. Yeah, so how, how'd you wake up day two? Where you so day two, I woke up super early. Um, I'm used to having a three-year-old who likes to wake up at five in the morning. <laughs> so around five in the morning, I just, you know, was wide awake. And at that point, I was like, you know, I'm going to. I, I was only like three miles from Damascus. So I'm like, I'm going to, you know, start early on, you know, pack everything up in the dark and then I'm going to get gas, find a place for breakfast. And then once it gets light, I'll start. So basically that's what I did. And, you know, I broke down camp in no time, packed everything up. I pushed my bike out of the campground, like maybe like 30 feet um, and then nice. fired it up. Yeah. I was just trying to be, I was trying to be nice. I mean, I've yeah. got an arrow exhaust on my tiger. So it's pretty throaty, uh, but uh, yeah, I pushed it out and then, you know, it was a quick three mile ride to Damascus. I stopped at one of the gas stations there, grabbed, you know, the typical gas station food breakfast, you know, some donuts oh. and uh, <laughs> some orange juice or something like that. <laughs> I filled up the tiger and off we went. That's awesome. okay, so s- section one, and I think you, you posted you made it part of the way into section three on your first. Yes. First day. So section That's one. Quite a ways. So section one. Well, let's just say Virginia is a very rocky state and it was a lot rockier than I thought it would be. Uh, what I mean by that is the, the off pavement portions in section one and section two were heavily graveled roads that you had like some like deep potholes. You had some steps. I mean, it was section one and two d- took me by surprise off, off pavement, the paved portions. I was able to make up a ton of time. Um, so I, that's why I was able to make it to Covington at a fairly decent pace where, where section three starts. So I think I did section one and two and I stopped and took pictures at overlooks and, you know, read some of the, you know, historical placards that are out there and all that. So I think I did section one and two in maybe seven hours. Oh, wow. And I mean, and that was even with me going, you know, 25, 30 and the off pavement portions. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, I can understand where people say it's not a challenge, 
But for people that aren't used to riding in gravel and off pavement, I mean, I can see where it's a challenge for a lot of those people. Yeah. That sounds about like, kind of like I expected. Like, And somewhere on the way, maybe if, maybe you guys might find it next year. I don't think anyone's found it yet. I lost an MSR fuel bottle out in section one and two. It's got a full tank oh. of gas in it. All right. So, that could save my trip. <laughs> I posted on the BDR page of like, if anyone wants an MSR bottle, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. We could do an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but, that was really the only hang up on section one and two that I've, that I found. Did you stop at the dancing? What well, not dancing with wolves, but the dirty dancing hotel. Uh, for pictures. I read, right, I rode right by it. I mean, I, like when I started section two at that point, I was like, hard, like, I was like, I'm on pavement. I just want to keep going until I find the next gravel, the next dirt. Cause that's what I enjoy riding on. Right. So and I, I didn't even think about it. I rode right by it. I looked at it and I'm like, Oh, it's cool. And like in retrospect, I'm kind of wishing I would have stopped and, you know, took some more pictures, but yeah, I mean, I just rode right by it. <laughs> He was on a mission at that point. Yeah, yeah see, I was. My plan was me and Cody were going to stop there and I was going to, you know, we were going to take a picture like we were, I was going to be Patrick Swayze. And he was no, the hell you weren't. <laughs> hell you weren't. No, I just wanted to take some pictures there just to rub some salt in the wound for the wife. <laughs> Lovingly. <laughs> Lovingly. Yeah, she's she's been on the kick watching all the eighties and nineties old movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you found you, camp. Yeah, you stopped somewhere at the end of section two, beginning of section three for camp the next night, or so what I did was actually let's go back into section two real quick. So section two, you've got Tub Run Road. Uh it's kind of like the big the big landmark part of section two. Uh, I will say when you guys make, when you guys run that route, that is going to be like the most fun that you're going to have in the first couple sections by far. Um, it's like 22 miles through the woods. It's oh. dirt, a little bit of gravel. Yeah. You got some hairpin uh, switchbacks. You've got some nice long, you know, riding up along ridge lines, some, some good descent, some a good ascent. Tub Run Road in itself was was amazing. That's the Jefferson National Forest. Yes. Yeah. And you got to take the typical picture of when you start. You know, basically, you got to get the picture of you at the beginning of it. But uh, yeah that that was a that was a fun part of section two right there. Is that the highlight of of day two? I guess. For you yeah probably. that that was the highlight of the first two sections by far looking nice. forward to that one see we got the inside scoop thanks man inside <laughs> thanks scoop. for doing it for us this year <laughs> but he forgot the camera hey. yeah you said you were gonna set cody you said you were gonna send him a live feed camera so you could follow along well i forgot <laughs> to do that well yeah. i was gonna bring a gopro but i'm like gopro illiterate so I was trying to figure out my GoPro the night prior, and I'm like, I don't understand how to use this thing, so I'm not even going to attempt it. I'm GoPro literate too. I take three of them, and sometimes I get some. <laughs> sometimes, but, sometimes it's fun just to be on the adventure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, so I pushed into the first 30, 40 miles of section three um, on That's that first lot. on that first day. And when you come out of Covington, it's kind of deceiving. Like you pull into Covington and it's a town. You know, you get gas, there's hotels, restaurants, stuff like that. But when you jump back on the BDR, you're like kind of riding through neighborhoods. And then it's like, boom, all of a sudden you're in the backwoods of Virginia again. And the, 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 as the route heads north into section three, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful ride, um, you know, cutting back into the mountains, into the woods. And I pushed probably, I want to say it was 35 or 40 miles in. And I pulled off, I want to say it was hot springs or warm springs is the name of the town. Um, and warm springs is a very high class resort golf resort area. Oh boy. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I tried using some BDR guidance to say, I think it's like the warm springs Inn or something like that. Yeah. I was at that point. Oh yeah. Like triple digits. Oh yeah. Uh, so there's a national uh, forest service uh, area to the west of Warm Springs called Hidden Valley, and it's kind of like a little hole in the wall national forest campground. And I ended up staying. That's where I spent the night, and I was probably I think 30 miles west of the BDR at that point. But uh, I mean, it was cheap. Yeah, you, you don't want to do the triple digits. No, nah, yeah. I didn't want to. Me didn't want to do that. <laughs> Were you able to find where they make the salad dressing? Uh, no, I did. No. But I mean, I did. I did Damn. see a beautiful sunrise the next morning. Now, in Valley, um, son of a bitch. Sunrise on day three was spectacular. Yeah. So basically, like, I did take a picture of like my bike next to the Hidden Valley National Forest sign. You know, it's kind of you see the sun coming up over the Appalachian Mountains and all that. It was beautiful. Pretty much from there. I mean, again, I had an early start. I want to say I started that day at like 6.30, maybe 7. Um, and I jumped back on the BDR um, and started riding the BDR north. I want to say I went, I went pretty far up north into West Virginia. And then I really wanted to go see Seneca Rocks but it's on the other side of the mount of the mountains and you can't really get there from the BDR. So that's where I jumped off the BDR in section three. And I kind of did like a 35, 40 mile detour. So the water crossings I completely bypassed and some of the really crazy steep switchbacks I bypassed as well. Nice. Did you get to see what you wanted to see? Oh yeah. And the Seneca rocks area. I mean, I highly recommend that, you know, for anyone. I mean, it's just a beautiful, Beautiful area. And I mean, it's a pavement ride to get there, but I mean, you can have a lot of fun in those mountains. Um, nice, tight, twisty turns, um, going up some mountain ranges, you know, mountains, going down some ridge lines. It's a beautiful area. When I came through that area, I found that I could actually come. There's a, there's a side route. You come back down south, and then I jumped back on the Mabder and came back through Smoke Hole, Cav- or Smoke Hole Canyon from the South. So, I mean, I only missed like a 35, 40 mile chunk of the Mabder um, with this detour. So I was able to knock out a good amount of section three 
um, on my own. I just miss the water crossings and some of the, the trickier switchbacks. Sounds like you got to do something similar to what I, I just got home from. Uh, I went and did the million dollar highway in Colorado. That's a fun road. That is really fun. I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think it'd be that cool, but as you were saying, pavement and through the mountains, yeah, beautiful. And one of the big reasons why I decided to make the bypass of the water crossings was for like, I, I, I was on the Mabder Facebook group and I was trying to get like up to the day, you know, Hey, what's the conditions at the water crossings? And I, I wasn't really comfortable with what I was hearing because some people said like, they're bone dry. Some people said they're, they're, you know, there's some water in there, but it's not crazy. Now, what a water crossing is to me compared to you guys might be something totally different. Right. And because I was by myself, I didn't want to take the risk of me riding through a water crossing that was a lot deeper than I'd be comfortable with. Yeah. That's and I'm by myself. Smart. I dump my bike. And now I, I at that point, it's just, it, it, it seemed like a recipe for disaster and I wasn't going to risk that. Yeah, that that could be a trip ender, you know. So now if I was with if I was with Chappie, you know, at that point it's like, you know, let's go for it or you know, what whatever, yeah. but you know, being by myself at that point I was like this is probably the one area of the entire trip I'm going to have to detour um just for safety reasons alone. And that's that's how you keep on riding solo by being And smart the funny like part that. of all this <laughs> is literally the next day I ran into someone and they're like, oh, yeah, they're bone dry. There's no water in them at all. So I was like, oh, well, go figure. <laughs> so you didn't miss anything anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, well, not a big deal. So the following podcast is rated M for motorcycle enthusiasts. If you're a motorcycle enthusiast, you should check out mototomic.com. They have tons of shirts that are motorcycle enthusiast inspired. They have dry bags, hats, keychains, beanies, moto beans, a beanie. It is a company started by a motorcycle enthusiast, and the gear is inspired by motorcycles. They also have really cool models on their uh, website. Yes, especially the buff model. And I don't mean the naked one. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm trying Nobody to sell wants. product here, uh, not, <laughs> not decrease sales. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Mototomic. Yes, Mototomic is now sponsoring the podcast. So going to Mototomic, not only are you supporting a motorcycle rider-owned business, you're also supporting the podcast. Yeah, so. my broke ass. So thank you. <laughs> Everybody's got a broke ass from the day they're born, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Your butt's been cracked since you were born. I know. I tried super glue. It was a terrible idea. Anyway, <laughs> mototomic products are not like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Save 20%, by the way, because they're kick ass company. Yes, there is a discount code. It is throttled ADV. If you use that code at checkout, you can save 20% on your order. So head on over to mototomic.com and uh, get some cool gear. And if you're looking to send uh, throttled adventures Christmas presents from Mototomic, you can also save 20%. Yes. Or anyone else. Doesn't have to be us. That was kind of a joke, but. In true spirit of adventure, 
we had a problem with the recording. And this is our attempt at getting back to where we were. So we were talking uh, about not paying 300 bucks for or 200 bucks for a hotel room. Yes. I had, <laughs> I had asked the corny ass joke of whether or not you found the salad dressing factory in the hidden Valley. Nope. Didn't, didn't find it. <laughs> it's a bunch of lies. Yeah. So find any gold in the hidden no, Valley. Didn't, didn't find that either. Found some beautiful sunrises and, uh, that was really about it. <laughs> Okay, so section three, you got up and you started section three, and what was that day like? Um, So section three, I jumped back on the BDR from Warm Springs, uh, continued riding it north, and then, because I wanted to go to Seneca Rocks, um, which is on the other side of the mountains, and there's really no way to connect. I kind of diverted off the route um, and headed towards Seneca Rocks. The other reason why I did this was the water crossings were coming up and I didn't want to ride the water crossings by myself. And because I couldn't get a definitive answer of, you know, how much water was out there, I figured it wasn't worth the risk of me trying to ride three water crossings by myself. So right. I took the little detour, you know, it was all paved. Uh, it was a lot of fun, though, cutting through the mountains. And I stopped at Seneca Rocks National Recreation uh, Area. There's a huge rock face out there. Uh, highly recommend. You know, if you do need to take a detour off the Mabder, uh, it, it's it's not a bad way to go. Yeah, your pictures were amazing. But uh, I kept following. I can't remember the name of that road either. But uh, I ended up, you know, just north. I ended up linking back up with the northern section of the Mabder. Um, in section three, but I found a way to come back down a side road. And then I basically jumped back on the Mabder headed north through Smoke Hole Canyon. So I still experienced all of the Smoke Hole Canyon. Um, and the very, I want to say it was like the, the last 45, 50 miles of section three. So I didn't really miss, I, my detour maybe took 40 miles out, but it wasn't that much. Uh, and that put me at the beginning of section four, which was Moorefield. And section four, I'm not going to lie, was the most boringest part of the entire trip. Really? Bummer. Yes. It is all paved, exception of like one gravel road and the pay bridge that you need 50 cents for. Oh, other right. Than, other than that, section four is just tight windy roads that go through, you know, past people's farms, past their houses. Um, it just, I got through section four incredibly fast and I was riding way too fast on those roads. I don't condone that at all, but it was just, I, I was fairly bored um, on section four. They made I'm not going to lie. Made up some, time there <laughs> yeah and that was the day where i mean at that point i did half a section three uh in all of section four and i pulled in the set and actually when i was halfway on section four uh that's kind of when i started talking actually let me let me back up a little bit so cell phone service is pretty much non-existent on one two and three 
Um, exception if you get into if if you get into a town with some population, you get cell phone service. On section three, when I was coming into towns for fuel, I started talking to someone on the Mabder Facebook page who's also from Charleston, who was on a KLR, and he was about a hundred miles to 150 miles ahead of me. What are and, the odds? Yeah, at that point, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, you ride a KLR. I know you're not going fast. I will catch up with you at some point on this trip. And we had a similar timeline too. So I pushed hard through section four. I ended up meeting him in Harper's Ferry. So, I mean, That's I did. That's where you uh, cross the bridge, right? Uh, Harper's yes. Ferry? Yeah. Yep. And this is kind of where my trip did not go the way I wanted it to. Cause I really wanted to spend more time in Harper's Ferry walking around, seeing the historic sites, you know, being the tourist essentially. And, you know, basically guys, he was waiting for me in Harper's Ferry. So I literally hauled down section four and part of section five to get there. And I mean, I think I was in Harper's Ferry for maybe like 15 minutes you know, we met up. All right, let's go. He was ready we to gone. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, isn't it, uh, not too far from Harper's Ferry where the old, uh, burial grounds, old, uh, civil war battleground. So Antietam is to the North of Harper's Ferry. Um, and th- there's like a spur off the Mabder called like the Antietam spur or something like that. Yeah. So I completely bypassed that as well. And that was another area I kind of wish I would have gone and seen. Yeah, it kind but, of cuts uh, out a lot of uh well maybe almost half of section five. Yeah. So it, it was kind of at that point, you know, I, I was glad I had someone to ride with, but I was also like, you know, I kind of wish I would have seen some other things too, though. Yeah. But uh the rest of section five is mostly paved and we rode that up to i want to say it was called greenbrier state park up in maryland and in terms of state parks this is probably the nicest state park i've ever stayed at anywhere in the united states wow wow our for a tent site for the two of us was twenty dollars uh there is a bathhouse you know with showers and all that stuff there is a lake with a swim beach with lifeguards you go swim at. It was, and I want to say it's like three miles off the Mabder. It was absolutely beautiful. Wow. Um, it was the perfect place for us to stay. I love it when it comes together like yeah, that. Speaking of staying at uh, campgrounds and stuff, did you ever encounter like full campgrounds? No. And I, that was kind of a surprise. So day one, when we when I left Bonelick for Hidden Valley, Hidden Valley was pretty much empty. There was probably like you know 12, 15 people there. And uh, there was probably 30 spots there. Uh Greenbrier, we hit on a Sunday. So everyone was going home. So there was like nobody there at all. Wow. Perfect. So we kind of got lucky in that regards. Now, when I, I started section three, uh, I did call ahead to uh Dohat State Park which is right off the Mabder on section three. I was like, Hey, do you guys have any, you know, tent spots? And they said, no. So that's when I got creative. And I was like, well, I'm going to keep riding section three up to warm Springs and then figure out something from there. 
And I could have dispersed camp, but I was also at that point, I was low on fuel. I needed food. So I kind of had to pull off the matter at that point. Right. Sometimes you got to call audibles. <laughs> yeah. Audibles. Yeah. So section four and five were mostly paved roads. If I. Yeah. So, I mean, day two was day two on the map. I mean, we, I covered, I want to say like 245 miles. Like wow. I pushed, I pushed some significant mileage and on a bike like my tiger 900, I mean, it, it can do it. It's, it's, it's a bigger bike, you know, it's nothing to be on that thing for four to five hours at a time. Right. It gets 250 miles on a tank of gas. So, I mean, I was pushing that bike pretty hard, um, through those two sections. Yeah. And your, your speeds are up a little higher when you're on paved roads too. So yeah, it's easier to crush that. I mean, 250 you're probably doing average 45 or so yep and then going into the third day on the map there this is where things kind of got interesting for us we had a short bit of section five to finish and this is where we crossed from uh, maryland into pennsylvania i can't say enough about pennsylvania pennsylvania to me on the entire trip like tub run road was fun but pennsylvania made the trip um, really if i if I had to go back and do it all over again, and I, I, I kind of grew up in Pennsylvania and parts of the areas that we rode through, I would go spend a week riding in Pennsylvania by itself. I mean, I had such a, I had a, a lot of fun in Pennsylvania. So that was a, a definite welcome after the uh, paved section oh, yes. the day before. <laughs> so on section, uh, the second half of section five, you cut through. Uh, the Michaud State Forest in southern Pennsylvania. And it's just, you know, it is perfect forest road riding. You know, it's some gravel, it's some dirt, a little mud if it's wet. But, I mean, it is perfect, you know, forest road riding, 30, 35 miles an hour. Um, We saw nobody out there at all. Like, it it, it couldn't have been any better than like what we rode through that morning and we got the i want to say it was mount holly springs like it was 10 10 in the morning by the time we got to mount holly springs so the day was still young sounds like a good time good way to wake up yes but after mount holly springs is where everything kind of went sideways (laughs) oh (laughs) do Um, tell (laughs) so we we started section six which is mount holly springs to mcveigh town um the first, I'd say the first three quarters of the, of section six was, was great. A uh, nice mix of pavement, the off highway portions go into uh, parts of bald Eagle state forest. Um, again, it was just great off pavement riding uh, the vistas and the views. You, you couldn't ask for anything better. Like s- such, you know, clear skies, great weather. The problem is 30 miles from the end. Um, was going a little fast uh, coming down one of the mountains and this one road was made of like a really sharp rock flint type material. And I got a sliver of flint through one of the knobs of my back tire. And all of a sudden I'm watching my TPMS on the dash of my tiger drop like five, like it's dropping air like crazy. Oh, and at that point, I'm like, crap. And Murphy's Law stepped in because 
I have a tubeless bike and I wasn't thinking at the time I did not have my plug kit with me and I oh. did not have an air compressor. Oh no. <laughs> yup. So fortunately, <laughs> fortunately for me, when I got, you know, we, we worked our way down to pavement. Um, we're still on the map dirt, and out of nowhere, a random BMW GS is going uh, north to south, you know, sees me off the side. Is like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I was like, do you have a tire plug kit? He's like, yes, I do. And <laughs> it just that, happened to be a sheer, sheer thing of fate right there. That's adventure right there. Yeah. Just when you think all is lost every time somebody in the most random way just comes by. Yep. That's what Cody was saying. Yeah. So cool, man. It's so cool. I, I don't believe it's going to happen every time, but it. It works itself out. Well, so this guy, I mean, he was going north to south. And he was actually going to some BMW GS rally in Western North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> well, Moto Camp Nerd was there from Thursday exactly. to Sunday. Yes. <laughs> so what I did was, you know, I was I gave him one of my stickers. I have a, I have a striker ADV sticker. So I gave him a sticker. And then I told him about, um, you know, Moto Camp Nerd set up and what he does and all this stuff. And this guy got really excited. He's like, I'm going to go check this out. And literally, like, I think a week later, I was talking to Ben from Moto Camp Nerd. And he's like, hey, did you run into someone on the Mabder? Um, and, you know, you had some tire issues. I'm like, yeah, a guy from Minnesota. And he's like, yeah, he came by. You know, we talked a little bit, kind of discussed what you were doing. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if he bought anything, but, you know. It was kind of interesting that someone that I met, you know, in Pennsylvania on the map oh, world, Ben would end up meeting a couple of days later. So that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. So that was the beginning of the tire adventure. We tried to push. We, so I plugged my tire on the side of the road. We pushed through the rest of six. We were probably maybe 20 miles from the end of section six and the plug blew out again. Oh, and so here we are. And at this point, we kind of, I was like, you know, we, we need to figure something out. We're in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. We just happened to find like some backwoods uh, tire repair shop. You know, I threw a normal tire plug in it from like, you know, what you use on a tractor, I guess. And we kind of filled my tire, my rear tire up to like 30 PSI, you know, as high as it would probably go without blowing the plug out. And we limped into State College, uh, which is probably the only major town in the central part of Pennsylvania near the Mabder at that point. And the thing that saved us on this was there was an Indian Kawasaki dealer just outside of State College that was open on a Monday. Ooh, on a Monday. Yep. And I called them. On the way, and I was like, look, you know, I might need a rear tire, but I might need someone. I want to plug this first, but I might need a rear tire. And they're like, we don't have a rear tire, you know, in your size because the Tiger's oh. got an 18-inch rear and it's wider than normal. And I was like, well, how long would it take you to get one? Two to three days. And uh, at that point, I'm like, well, can you plug it? They're like, well, we don't like to, but we'll take a look at it. And of course, like every motorcycle dealer shop in the country, you got that one old guy who's been building bikes for 50 years. He put a, um, 
It was a metal braided tire plug used for four wheelers. Threw it in there, you know, with adhesive and all this. And, you know, kind of set me at ease. He's like, dude, I've been running these in Harleys for 50 years. You know, don't worry about it. Like, well, Harleys don't go off road like I do. So (laughs) I'm going to worry about it. He is. I mean, he was the great guy. That dealership just, I mean, they were amazing. I mean, they, four miles down the road was a hotel. They're like, Hey, here's a hotel. Here's a place, you know, where you get some great pizza to eat for the night. Like they, they went out of, they went out of their way to, you know, make, make, you know, as, as a customer, they went out of their way to help. me. And at the end of it all, I was like, you know, how much do you want for me to, you know, how much, you know, do you want for the plug? And they're like, nothing, just go. Oh, that's That's awesome. awesome. At that point I was like, all right, you know, thank you very much. I couldn't ask for anything better than that. And that was my first night of hoteling. Uh, we stayed at a fancy Hyatt type hotel on a golf course just outside state college. And had, I had my first shower in two and a half, three days. And how was the pizza? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, I had an entire, I mean, I, I became like a fat kid. I ate an entire large pepperoni <laughs> cheese pizza. <laughs> Gustus Galoop. <laughs> I mean, at that point, like, we didn't really eat lunch. We didn't really have too much of breakfast. So we were both, like, just starving. And it's like, what's uh, we, let's we make... each pack, we each packed down a pizza and a six pack and called it a night. That's <laughs> awesome. Packed on but, some uh, calories for the next yeah. day. <laughs> yep. So that was. That was kind of the end of day two on the Mabder right there. Or actually, that was day three on the Mabder. So day four, get up, you know, not really early, but we get up, you know, and have a nice hotel breakfast. We kind of missed about 45, 50 miles of section seven. So we got back on the Mabder. You know, we missed some areas, but we didn't really miss any of the hard technical areas we wanted to check out. So we start riding, um, get back on the Mabder. And it literally downpours on us for like 20 minutes. So we're like, you know, we're not going to break out the wet weather gear. We're just going to go with it at this point. So we get an hour break. We're getting ready to get up towards Poe Patty. And as we're getting up towards Poe Patty, it literally dumped on us and it started hailing at the same time. So yeah, we made the decision not to run Poe Patty. Um, since for us, we'd be going downhill and being super slick and super rocky. We just did not think that was a good idea. So we ended up working our way around that, uh, pulled into uh, the beginning of section eight, which is Harleton. So section seven, we missed probably 50 miles, you know, really basically the start of section seven up to state college we missed. So that's probably why we could have done this in four and a half days ish. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. We could have gone back, but at that point, we were both kind of fighting time. Yeah. Most um, adventures, you got to kind of improvise a little bit somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, the riding through Pennsylvania, I mean, even the off pavement portions, I mean, it was smooth. You know, we were able to keep up a decent speed off pavement. You know, the roads were, you know, nice forest roads, nothing technical, nothing crazy, no deep gravel, no sand. I mean, it was as good as you can, it was, it was good as you could get. Uh, I will say on section seven, we did have a very interesting bridge crossing adventure. Um, there is a bridge out and there is a bypass 
and was there a the troll? bypass? Uh, well, he he could be considered a troll. The the, the the foreman out there is a very you know rough Pennsylvania backwoods construction guy, <laughs> and he's like, you know, the bypass is twenty miles long. I'm like crap, that definitely does not help us time wise. But you can take the this little bypass here that we use out for our excavators. But I'm not responsible if you fall off this thing and break your leg. So. <laughs> Yeah, so my buddy and I kind of looked at it, and it's keep in mind it's raining, it's muddy, it's slick, and we're on bikes. So we sent the uh, my 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 new riding buddy at this point. His name was Nathan. We sent Nathan first, so we clutch walked his KLR across, and kind of it went fairly well. And then we started clutch walking my Tiger across. The thing that saved me doing this was before we started doing it, I put traction control back on. And as we were coming up on the other side of the, the bridge kind of went up this little incline. It got so slick that if you, if I would have whiskey throttled it, that bike was going into the river. Um, yeah. And it's a good 10 foot drop. So thank God I had, I had uh, traction control on and just clutch walked it up and we kind of got out of it with, you know, both bikes still intact and no, no bad recovery stories. So no recovery and save 20 miles. So that's good. Yep. <laughs> after you sign the waiver, if you yeah. break your leg, <laughs> but I mean, after that, it kind of dried up, you know, it dried up. Sun came out. It was beautiful again. And at that point, the skies were clear. We were able to, you know, we, we rode through the vistas. I mean, it was, I mean, Pennsylvania was beautiful and we did run an expert section. I want to say it was in section eight that day. It was a fairly short one. It kind of cuts through the woods. Uh, It's a little bit downhill, but it's a suspension workout on a big bike for sure. And the tiger and the KLR just chewed right through it. We kept pushing. Nice. So did you, did you make it all the way that day or did you, did you end up camping? No. So we ended up making it to, I'm looking at my map or map as I'm doing this. Um, we made it all the way through section eight on uh, started section nine. And the idea was that we were going to stay in Cedar run um, where section nine started. Everything in Cedar run was closed. There's a little in there um, that was closed. There were some dispersed camp spots out in that area, but we also had weather was becoming an issue. There was another huge thunderstorm coming through New York and Pennsylvania. And we really didn't want to be, you know, stuck in our tents when, you know, hailstorms and all that coming through. So we ended up hoteling it again in Wellsboro, which is just off the route on section nine. So we basically that third, that, that day we did seven, eight, nine or half a seven, all of eight, all of nine in probably eight, eight and a half hours. Wow. And we took, you know, we took our time too. Like we were stopping, you know, taking pictures and you know, talking there to was, construction workers. Yeah, talking to <laughs> talking to the trolls on the bridge. Um, but I mean, Pennsylvania. I mean, that part of Pennsylvania. I, I also kind of grew up in that area a little bit, so I was riding through areas of Bald Eagle State Forest, and I'm like, hey, I've hunted deer here. I've gone trout fishing over in this river over here. So it's kind of unique for me to kind of go back to that area. Um that I hadn't been to in about 15 years. So cool. um, And then Wellsboro, I mean, 
from Wellsboro to Lawrenceville, the end of the route is literally, I think it maybe took us two hours, two and a half hours that morning. So in four and a half days, we, we did the Mabder. I think we maybe bypassed a total of a hundred miles of it. So it's easily doable in five days. If you know, even taking your time, you can definitely do it in five to six days. Yes. That's what we were hoping. Yeah. We're going to have to try that out. Yeah, I had gotten, I can't remember if I got an email or an update from Facebook or something um, the day before, the Thursday before you left and before I was supposed to leave. Something about Section 9, there was a workaround because there was a road closed. Did you end up having to go on the new route or was it open back up? Or When that update came down... I updated my GPS that night. So I had the update in my GPS. So we basically, we were the, I think we were the first ones to ride that workaround. And it was based off of a gate. I want to say over near, um, it was on, I was near the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania over in that area of section nine. But I mean, we were the first to ride it. It was really smooth, you know, getting through that area. So we had no issues with that at all. That's pretty cool. They update it, you know, I just yep. had to do that today. For the I will say on section nine, I did have, uh, almost have a very close encounter with a deer though. Oh, uh, I had a deer literally run out in front of me and then run down the road in front of me. So like my front tire is probably three feet from his rear end. So, and yeah, that deer was hauling, but yeah, the deer, the deer were very plentiful out there, especially in Pennsylvania. Yes. We've uh, talked to my buddy that's hit three deer on motorcycles. He's still alive. Oh, <laughs> but uh, he said the last one ran beside him because I was like, "Do deer are they just suicidal? What's what's the deal?" And I asked him if they think like motorcycles are uh, another animal or something. He said, "I don't know because the last one literally ran right beside me. He knew it was coming, so he shoulder checked it, but it ran beside him and then kind of ran into him. So I don't know. I wouldn't suggest hitting a deer, but." Yeah, I'm not a fan of that at all. But I mean, I saw probably 300 deer the entire trip. Like they were everywhere. Colorado's bumping with them right now too. <laughs> yeah. And then we saw a bear cub. Uh, we were, I want to say section seven or section eight. We were stopped. A little bear cub comes, you know, rolling down this the, the bank. And he's walked up about 15 feet in front of our bikes and just sat there. And we both looked at each other. We're like, all right, we got to go now. And just, you know, rode as fast as we could for about a mile, mile and a half. And get out of there for mama comes. <laughs> yo, that was the big thing. So nice wildlife. Sounds like some good rides. Of course, some boring sections, probably. I think they I mean, it had its them. ups and its downs. It's not as scenic as Colorado. It's not as challenging as Lockhart based in Utah. But for what do we have on the East Coast, it's about what you would expect for the Mid-Atlantic. I'm and still then, looking forward to it. Yeah, and then the, the Northeast is pretty hairy. Yeah, I, I, I really want to do the Northeast now. <laughs> Especially in Vermont. They say those roads are really, really heavy duty. Well, I don't know. Heavy duty's good, man. Got to push yourself. Yeah, I mean, and they're 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 talking about that like from the adva- uh, advantage point of being on an adventure bike. Um, anytime I've been on the the 
northeast here. So I live really close to it is, you know, it's always been on a dual sport. So it's a lot easier to ride that stuff in a dual sport. It is. Unfortunately, I mean, I'll be on a big bike. So I've, I rode Colorado on my KLR in my XT225. And it was kind of both were different, different situations. But on the Mabder, I mean, you could kind of tell the Mabder was designed around a big bike. Like it was designed around the guy that lives in DC or New York City who has a GS1200 or a KTM1290 that wants to go out for a couple of days and ride through the Appalachians. Like that route was designed for big bikes in mind. That's good. Yeah. We got to have places to ride. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I wish I could have been there with you. Me as well. It just, uh, this year it was not meant to be. Couldn't get the parts for my BMW and once the truck broke. Yeah. Oh, it's just one thing after another. Excuses, excuses. I know, but. (laughs) <laughs> and then if you listen to the podcast uh previously uh the whole trip down south was still kind of messed up my stepfather ended up in the hospital as soon as we got to south carolina and we got to north carolina and it was like feels like 106 and i don't do well in heat so yeah Happy was melting on the way back i rode uh, I took I eighty one from like through through Western Virginia in Maryland, and it was brutal. Like it was a hundred and five degree heat index, and it was just there was no winning. <laughs> that the two days I, I took two days to ride back to South Carolina from probably Central Pennsylvania. It, it was a hundred to hundred five degree heat index. I mean, there was no winning at all i was sucking down a gallon of water every fuel stop it seemed like that's pushing it yeah i mean the the and the first day i kind of had a late start but yeah i mean that was there was some some of the riding i did on the way home i definitely i know better than to do what i did but i did it anyways (laughs) so yeah true adventure true adventure absolutely well thank you you set the cruise control on, you know, 7580, you know, just chill back in the right lane and just go. And people, as they're passing, you're like, where's this guy going on his bike with these bags? Well, yeah. Who knows? So my Beaver has a uh, Harley highway pegs on the uh, crash bars, <laughs> which is actually really nice, man. It's- I'm actually, I'm putting those on mine. I, it, I saw that and I was like, I need to do that. It's so worth it, man. It is just, oh, I love it. <laughs> do they fold up? They do fold up. All right. They'll, they also catch your bike when you drop it. I found you, out. You don't want them things sticking out when you're doing your off-road shit. That's a. Maybe that's why I caught the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> we had some fun. Well, thanks, yeah. Dana, for sharing your trip with us, man. Sorry Absolutely. we weren't there, but I'm really happy you got to go and i kind of yes. lived through your pictures and stories so <laughs> yeah i'm hoping to write a blog entry about it coming up fairly soon um i've been talking to a friend of mine who kind of he's a web editor for a adv magazine gonna try to see if we can if the pictures i have and the pictures that my buddy has are good enough to get printed and we're gonna try to do something about like you know running the map on a budget because we didn't really spend that much money 
on that entire trip at all, which was amazing considering everything we did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing I love. Once you have the bike and the, and the tent and stuff, it's really rather inexpensive to do it. You know, yeah, I mean, I will, food. I will say in Virginia, uh, gas was my biggest expense. Uh, gas was three ninety five a gallon for 93 octane, which I have to run them to tiger. Mm-hmm. And that hurt at times. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I think I did the entire trip for including, you know, the hotels and stuff. I think maybe for less than 500 bucks. Sounds about right. That's so, awesome, man. That is awesome. But yeah, yeah you guys will have a lot of fun on that next year. We'll be thinking yeah. of you. Yep. You yeah, never know. So. I might meet you in section one for the for the New England BDR either. <laughs> yeah. Carry on the uh carry on the adventure. Yep. Yes. I've got three down, so I've got like what seven, eight to go. <laughs> yeah, well, Wyoming comes out next year, so <sighs> yes. I don't know if I get away for that one. <laughs> That's a long way to go. Yep. Not for me. It's about mm, 30 miles for it. No, maybe 50 miles from where I'm at right now. <laughs> Us West coasters. But I will say yes. this real quick. Um, so I'm, I mentioned brief, briefly about there's no cell phone service on majority of the route. So before I left, I talked to Ben from Moto Camp Nerd. I got one of the first Zolios that he had. Nice. I used my, my Zolio, Zolio on that trip, and that thing was a game changer um, in areas where I didn't have cell phone service. I was able to text my wife and my, my father, you know, hey, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. This is the uh, location I'm at. I mean, they, that thing is a game changer. That's I the best $200 this. I've spent in a long time. I love this thing, nice. man. Love it. So I, I can't nice. stress that enough that that thing is that thing was amazing yeah having a device like that is important when you're doing stuff like that especially solo people especially yes. solo yeah <laughs> if i would if i would have had like you know a definitive riding buddy the entire time i probably wouldn't have gotten it but since i was by myself i was that thing was definitely it was nice to have especially in parts of west virginia and virginia thanks for joining us dana thank you so much for joining us it was a pleasure having you on again no problem guys thanks for having me back look for his blog yes check dana out on instagram check out strikeradv.com you know drop him a line let him know uh he did an awesome job on the map there and he's been a great guest here uh twice now so right on thank you dana yes yeah no problem guys thanks for having me thanks dana i appreciate it and uh I don't know. Hopefully uh, when we get down that way, maybe we can hook up. Yeah, no problem. Take care till the next adventure, buddy. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, bud. So that was cool having Dana on uh, after he completed the Mabder that we were supposed to be doing, and he even did it in the week that we were supposed to do it. Yep. Unfortunately, didn't work out for us this year, but next year. No. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it is what it is. Um who knows by the time next year comes around, maybe I'm headed to Utah and we're doing Idaho. Who knows? Um, and now that you're going to start doing more and more rides with the wife. And now that you have a bike that does, you know, better on the road and stuff like that. Yeah. You might actually 
get into some road trips rather than off-road trips. And you might actually enjoy it. I'm telling you, the trip that me and the wife did, the four days out and back to Niagara Falls, it was so much fun. Well, we're about to do one next week, so. And it's not a whole lot of work, you know. We have discount code still available to use at Moto Camp Nerd and Moto Atomic. If you heard Dana earlier, he used his tent for Moto Camp Nerd, and he said it was amazing. Yes. Tons of room. Also uh, used his Zolio, which I'm using and love. Yes, uh, Moto Camp Nerd carries that. He also carries uh, pretty much anything that you can think that you would possibly need for moto camping. Uh, another motorcycle-owned business or motorcycle riding rider-owned business. Um, but yes, if you use the code throttled ADV, you can save ten percent at Moto Camp Nerd, and you can save twenty percent at our sponsor mototomic.com so you can head over to our website throttledadventures.com there are links to those and a whole bunch of other places where there's resources for motorcycle needs as well as on our resources page check out the discord yes and check out the discord so if you were a member of discord you would have known uh, this one was a little quick. We found out a couple days ago that he was going to be in, so we put up a short notice. But what we do is when we know that there's going to be a guest, we're going to put up the guest in Discord, and you can ask questions that we can ask them during the interview. So, Woo-hoo! yeah, come on in. We've got discussions going on like somebody asked a question about you know what we use for spray lube and you know my comment was you better ask the wife before you buy anything make sure she's not allergic that could be a hell of a rodeo yeah but uh no i see it me and uh wit use the same stuff for our chain chain wax i've been using that since i was like 10 you know back in the 80s oh gergen's lotion huh Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's called chain wax jurgens and you know i haven't had any any issues with that it's not too like it doesn't fling off and it doesn't seem to be too much of a, a magnet like some of the some of the greases that you can put on your chain yeah um just attract dirt yeah this tends to like um it goes on wet but then it kind of like dries it keeps it from rusting and stuff like that and it keeps okay it okay inside. there might be kids listening stop right there just stop right there it's good stuff. yeah so it is good stuff. Uh, yeah i hope everybody enjoyed this uh episode with dana uh, it was nice to talk to him again and we figured it would be a good idea to get him back in here because of the you know him just doing the mavder seeing as how we couldn't share our stories Thankfully, Dana was able to come in and share his instead. Yep. So we all are living vicariously through his trip now. Yes. A true adventure uh, by the sounds of it. Yes. It's kind of funny that he met up with somebody that was uh, from his town. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Like, and wow. it's 
it's funny how, how it works out and you know the met up with somebody that was heading down and ended up meeting up with ben i kind of wish that i hadn't been able to cancel my second week's vacation because i wouldn't have been in such a rush to come home um we left north carolina the day that that bmw owners rally was kicking off uh, otherwise i would have liked to taken a ride over and met up with Ben shook his hand. Hey, I can go to those now. Yes, you can. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, alrighty. So, thank you all for listening. We have a whole, it's 41 episodes now. 11, yeah, 11 episodes away from a full year. Whoa. Yeah. My gosh. Yes. And it's all because we've got uh, listeners that enjoy it. So that makes it Thank worthwhile. You. Thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Sponsors, absolutely. Too. Sponsors, uh, discount codes, listeners. You know, sending us uh, what if questions. Haters, haters. We love. You I too. haven't run across any of them yet. Oh, we're so. not a big thing yet. Then we need some haters. <laughs> <laughs> so, brap oh, that into your weekend. You're nobody unless somebody hates you. That's my advice. All right. Thank you all for listening. I'm Chappie. He's Cody. Go wash your ear holes. Go wash your ear holes because Cody's going to invade. That's right. Nice shirt, by the way, Chappie. Thank you, everybody. Good night. I'm going to go put the fire out. And Cody's going to brap us out of here. Don't leave your oven on and put plastic on it. It's a shitty way to go to sleep.